Can we talk? We need to talk. We need to have a serious and honest discussion about toxic fandom. But before we do that, let's acknowledge this awesome theme song from our friend, DL Memphis and the Murdering Crows. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean. Helmets Presley and he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable. You can't be that original. Hey there, friends and foes. This is Back to the Cereal Box, a very special edition Monday Night Bites. Because I really felt like we needed to have this conversation. I've been, I've been watching the interwebs and joining in on chat rooms on Facebook. And I've been talking about toxic fandom for a long time. But here in the last couple of months, and especially the last couple of weeks, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And I, I think we need to have an honest conversation about this. I think that it's time that we really examine our community, our culture, our, uh, our geek pop culture community, and really really dig into what the real problem is because everything's awesome and nobody's happy about it. Well, except for me. I love it. And who am I? I'm John Pike of the Prophet of Pop Culture. You can call me Johnny and Star Wars movies, Avengers comic books, Saturday morning cartoons made me who I am today. And if you've never caught an episode of Back of the Cereal Box, you can check us out on Saturday mornings every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. and um, join the chat. And as you're watching this tonight, I want you to join the chat. I don't know how long we're going to talk. I don't know how long we're going to go, but I got some things on my chest that I've got to get off. So no script, no outline. I just want to share my thoughts about what's going on in fandom. And Really, this is prompted by two things. One, the absolute glee that some people in the fandom community have over the failure, quote unquote, of the Marvels, but Disney in particular, and but but the Marvels specifically in recent weeks, and the uh all of a sudden, the hatred that I'm seeing in the Godzilla community. Look, I love Godzilla movies. I love kaiju movies and big stompy robots. And I, 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 I adore it. I mean, that was part of my childhood. Saturday mornings for me meant getting up, eating a big bowl of cereal, digging the prize out of the box, watching my favorite cartoons or jumping between uh, channels. And then for a couple of 
couple of hours, maybe an hour or two between cartoons and kaiju movies, Godzilla movies, I would I would sit back in the living room chair in the couch and I would read comic books. And that was my Saturday. Cartoons, comic books, kaiju movies, and big bowls of cereal. And so Godzilla movies are really precious to me. It is a a almost sacred part of my childhood. And I was super excited for Godzilla minus one. If you guys don't know, Godzilla minus one is a prequel. It's basically takes place right before the Godzilla 1954 original movie, Gohira. And this is basically an origin story for Godzilla. And it was phenomenal. It was magnificent. It was not only the best Godzilla movie ever made, it's my favorite movie of this year. And I'm going to hold it up there as a perfect movie. They masterfully made me care about the human characters. And they made me cheer for them. It's very, the, the plot is very much like the movie Independence Day. In a lot of ways, very similar. Um, but in Japan, set immediately after World War II. And it's a masterful film. And then today, the full trailer for Godzilla X Kong, um, it's Godzilla and Kong um, teaming up. It dropped today. And one of the most notable things about Godzilla is that his energy signature is not blue. It's not orange or red. It's pink. And there are some clues in the trailer as to why that is. It's pretty obvious that he's being powered by another energy source. And, you know, it's, it's been different throughout the years. But all of a sudden, fanboys have lost their minds. And all they're doing is saying, this is trash and that's trash. And how could you like this? And how could you like that? And... Godzilla minus one sucks because there's too much human story and not enough monsters. And uh, Godzilla Kong, it's going to suck because pink Godzilla, what's going on? And, oh, Godzilla singular point, the anime, I hate that too because it's just a bunch of hot garbage because look at what they did to Jet Jaguar. And on and on and on it goes. And I've come to expect that in the comic book community, the MCU fandom, the Star Wars fandom especially, but I was not expecting it from the Godzilla fandom. And it really, for me, shone a light on what's going on in fandom in general. And I really don't understand it. The other example is the Marvels. The Marvels is about Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, Ms. Marvel, and it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a great movie. Was it a perfect movie? No. Was it a masterpiece? No. But was it what superhero movies should be? In my opinion, yes. It was a great comic book action adventure movie that you could just sit back 
and enjoy the roller coaster ride for 75 minutes. It was a lot of fun. And some really, really, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, innovative story elements. If you haven't seen it, then uh, I don't want to spoil it for you. Just plug your ears. But basically, the plot of the movie is that the three characters, their powers become entangled. And there's a, a, a loose reason given for it uh, because of the discovery of the second quantum band. But their powers become entangled. And whenever they use their powers, they switch places. And so there's a scene where they are training to use that to their advantage. They're training to use their powers in tandem. And it's one of the most innovative ideas I've seen in film in a long time. And then the escape from the sword space station with the Flurkins, hilarious, brilliant. But there are a lot of people, particularly white middle-aged men, I'm going to call you out, who are review bombing the Marvels. They're saying, I'm not going to go see it. It's a bunch of trash. Um, it's all woke. You know, uh, what, what are they calling it? Um, uh, the woke verse or the pander verse. And guys, it's none of those things. Yes, it stars three strong female leads. But never once does it say, hey, look at us. We're female leads. No, no, no. It's just a story about these three women who are super powered and their powers are entangled. And they have to figure out a way to save the earth from the new accuser, the Cree accuser, who's planning to steal our sun and refuel the Cree sun. And it's just, it's a roller coaster ride of fun. But people who have not seen it, and I know they haven't seen it, because if they had seen it, they would not insist that it was woke or that it was a panderverse. And let me let me just clarify this. That term woke is only used by white bigots and misogynists and racists. That that's the only people who use that term woke as a pejorative. And if that offends you a little bit, maybe it should. Maybe you need to examine your priorities. And then there's this whole section of fandom that are my generation or maybe a little bit older or a little bit younger. They hate anything new. They 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 insist that Star Wars has been ruined by Disney, but they've never watched The Mandalorian or Ahsoka, or Andor, or any of the other uh, newer properties. They, they maybe saw A Force Awakens, but they didn't watch, you know, The Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker, or maybe they did get offended and a little bit upset about The Last Jedi, which I contend is the best of the Star Wars saga. But that's another show for another day. But th there was this... And I boil it down to this. There, there's three things going on. One, there is that, you know, that white male patriarchy. 
patriarchy. They, they hate anything that reflects the real world that we live in because they, um, because these movies by showcasing women and minorities and different cultures, they're not pandering. They're not being woke. They're just reflecting the real world we live in. And I, I don't know why fragile white men are getting so upset about that. I really don't. And if you're one of those fragile white men, you need to check your, you need to check your, 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 uh, your paradigm, your, your stigma at the door. Look, it's okay for you to not like something. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to like everything that I love that because there are plenty of things that I don't like, but I'll give legitimate critique of them. Here's a good example. Um, I picked up the first issue of the new G.I. Joe series from Image Comics. This is the first issue in the Energon universe. They are making G.I. Joe and Transformers and Mask part of the same universe in the comics. This was written by Larry Hama, or Hama, depending on how you pronounce it. The guy who basically created G.I. Joe for Marvel. I did not enjoy this at all. And I liked G.I. Joe back in the 80s. I watched the show almost every day. But I did not like this book. And it has nothing to do with the art. I actually love this artist. Uh, the artist is one of the most distinct artists in the industry. You can tell he's done the book just by looking at it. It's, it's, I love distinctive artwork. It's the story. The story falls flat for me. And I'm sorry, Larry Hama fans. This assumes that I know everything that's going on at the start. It assumes that I know these characters, that I know what their backstory is. I've not read G.I. Joe. I've not watched G.I. Joe in 30 years. And you dump me into this conflict with all of these characters in disparate locations. I, I, I couldn't tell what was going on. And the writing just fell flat for me. Now, there are Larry Hama fans that are going to say this is a masterpiece relaunch. I'm not one of them. Now, I'm not going to tell you it's garbage because it's not garbage. Obviously, it has its fans. But I'm not going to praise it either. I'm not going to say, you know, oh, this is just woke garbage or this is just fanboy trash. No. I will say how I really feel. The storytelling just didn't work for me. The story didn't work. The, the majority of characters I'm not familiar with, I couldn't tell what was going on, and it did not connect with me. However, I love the artists. I love the art. And um, for someone who is the right audience and demographic, they're going to love this. And I say, hooray for you. Love what you love. Don't let anyone yuck your yum. I love Star Wars. I love what Disney is doing. And Rafael de Furia, my good friend from uh, Portugal, says they, they haven't ruined Star Wars, but they've hurt the franchise almost seemingly in an irreparable way. I, 
I don't know that that's true, Raphael, and I'll tell you why. Um, because they had the foresight to put Dave Filoni in charge as the cre- chief creative uh, officer. And I think, I think the problem that the Star Wars franchise has had is a lack of singular vision. And Dave Filoni is going to write that ship. I mean, the stuff that he's touched, in my opinion, is just pure Star Wars gold. But that's me. I loved Book of Boba Fett. I was not a Boba Fett fan going into that show. I thought Boba Fett was a punk, and he got taken out like a punk. I thought he was way overrated. But I loved that the show, the Book of Boba Fett, showed me how he became the badass that we knew that he was. Because basically, he was rebuilding his life from scratch. And I love that, but a lot of fans hated it. A lot of fans hated it. And it's okay if you hate it, but that doesn't make it bad. That doesn't make it trash. That just means it didn't resonate with you. And not everything is made for you. The marbles may not be made for you. 45-year-old white guys? Hmm. Maybe the marbles just isn't made for you. That doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean you need to rejoice if it fails. That just means you say, all right, that wasn't really for me. Or it isn't really for me. And, you know, I'll go enjoy something else. I'll, I'll go enjoy Deadpool 3, which I'm going to hate because I don't like Deadpool. I, I don't like the character. And the first two movies, I thought were abysmal. I hated them. But I'm not going to tell you that they're bad movies or they're garbage. I just did say it was abysmal, didn't I? But I'm not going to say it was garbage or hot garbage. I'm going to say, I don't like the character. The story didn't resonate with me. I don't like gratuitous violence and gratuitous vulgarity. That's not for me. Deadpool 3 is not made for Johnny. And I can admit that. And I don't have to tear down other people for loving what they love. You know, it it doesn't matter what other people like or don't like. If 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 you legitimately see a film property or read a book or watch a TV show that did not resonate with you and you legitimately did not like it, that's fair. But it's not fair for you to say, oh, I've not seen that, but I'm not going to see it because it's garbage. You don't know. Are you just listening to some some neckbeard guy living in his mom or his wife's basement? You know who I'm talking about. Are you going to just listen to them and, and not judge for yourself? Come on. Come on. There's another, there's another aspect going on here besides the misogyny and the racism and the bigotry. There's this false sense of ownership. And this is where the toxic fandom has been creeping into the Godzilla franchise. For, for 70 years, you know, we've had these characters. And, and during the times when I was a kid, you know, in between those Godzilla movies being made, 
we were making our own movies in our mind with our action figures. Same thing with Star Wars. You know, we were we were creating these stories with our action figures. And a lot of times, most times, the story that ended up on film was not the story that we created in the sandbox. And we might have been disappointed, but, you know, it, it wasn't, when I was a kid, I, I look, I didn't like Empire Strikes Back when it first came out. When it ended, I went, what? Are you kidding? I was mad. Because that was not the story that I created with my action figures. And I had to wait three years to see how that story end. And, um, and, and did it end the way that I thought it would end? No. Did it end in a way that I thought was fantastic? Yes. Um, but we don't have ownership over these characters. I, I have no ownership over the Godzilla IP. I have no ownership over Star Wars. I have no ownership of the Marvel Comics or MCU properties. I have no ownership of Indiana Jones or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Whatever fandom you're into, you don't have ownership. It belongs to the companies and the creators who are telling their story. And you just need to accept that they're not going to tell your story. And if you want your story to be told, first day with my new time, if you want your story to be told, go get backers, go raise $200 million and make your own movie. That's what Zack Snyder did this month. I think this week, this Friday, Rebel Moon is coming out on Netflix. It is basically his Star Wars movie that he pitched to Lucasfilm and it was rejected. So he said, you know what? I'm going to go raise the money and I'm going to do it anyway. Bravo to him. You know, he didn't he didn't just crawl back into his mom's basement and, oh, that's the worst thing ever. How could they do that to Boba Fett, the coolest character of all time? He was a punk. Anyway, same things happening with Godzilla. Things, same things happening with, with uh, Star Wars, with the Marvel Universe. This false sense of ownership. And Dave Mattingly has joined us, and he says, "Dudes, learn to have fun. Why don't you?" Exactly. And Dave and I, we we don't agree on every movie or every property or every comic, but we can we can discuss it rationally and, and discuss why we don't like it. I uh, I picked up, here's another example. I picked up Howard the Duck number one. I love this character. I adore Howard the Duck. And I don't know why. It's just such a ridiculous concept. But um, this book was just okay. It was, it, was a, it was a parody book. It was a comedy book. Um, at the end of the day, you know, there's nothing... My, it's basically a series of what ifs, and that's cool. What if Howard became a member of the X Men? What if, you know, Howard became president of the United States? And it's cool, it's funny, but at the end of the day, it has no impact. And so, I really wanted to read a story that would have impact and consequences for Howard, um, and really show him 
in a uh, the way that I love him. But, you know, and, and Dave Mattingly says, we don't even agree on Christmas, but we still love and support each other. Getting along with people is not rocket science. That's right. That's right. Dave, I, I, I'm going to uh, try my best to proselytize you and get you to love Christmas. And I know why you don't. Um, but um, as a brother, I'm still going to work on you. Um, but, um, you know, we, the, the, the third aspect of this is fandom has gotten so spoiled with content. They've, they've lost their thirstiness. Um, so Carl Woodsman says, wow, we're seeing an authentic John tonight. Good stuff. I look, I talk about this all the time, Carl, but not in this detail. And I've, I've discussed toxic fandom and how fandom needs to really heal themselves a lot on the podcast, on the audio version. Um, but um, this is something I'm really passionate about because, you know, there's nothing being force fed down someone's throat. I, I, I heard that at a, at a comic convention last year at Indie PopCon. This guy said, but what about all of this diversity being forced down our throats? What are you talking about? Well, there's, you know, they made the Hulk Asian and, um, you know, Spider-Man is, is black and, and, you know, now um, Captain Marvel is a woman. Okay, you've given me three examples of legacy characters being re-envisioned, reinvented for a new generation. But that's three examples. And there are literally 500 to 1,000 comic books published every month. Every month. There are thousands of titles hitting the store shelves every week. And if you still have choices, and if you can still search and find something you like, that's not being forced down your throats. Yeah, and, and Dave Mattingly makes the same point. Forced down your throats? Did all your 10,000 favorite comics suddenly disappear? Exactly. As, as long as there are thousands of choices, no one's forcing anything down your throat. And, and I, I hear it all the time. Well, you know, um, Disney just wants to wokeify everything. I, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Take a look at the world around you. The world is not a box of white crayons. The world is a box of 64 color crayons. That's the world I want to live in. That's the world I want to live in. And um, DL, Memphis, entertainer says, we don't have to love the same things, but don't crap on someone else's happy place. Don't yuck my yum. Those fandoms help us through hardships sometimes. Exactly. And Dave Mattingly says, I like Burger King. Why do they keep building Taco Bells and Panda Express? They're taking away my burgers. What a great argument, Dave. I forgot to put that up on the screen. 
that's an exact an exact analogy of the argument. No one's taking your Burger Kings away because they're building more Taco Bells or Panda Expresses. And and if you if you like Burger King, support Burger King. Go support what you love. Vote with your wallet, not with your mouth. Vote with your wallet. Support what you love and just let other people like what they love. The the third part of this is we're spoiled. You know, before 2008, we were kind of in a dark time for fandom. Think about 2008. That was Iron Man and the launch of the MCU. But prior to that, we had just come out of the prequel era with Star Wars, and that got so much hate although it's aged like fine wine and the people who hated it back then now admit that the prequels were pretty good. And there's so much from the prequel era that is informing what's happening in Star Wars now that people are really starting to appreciate it. But even before the prequels, we were in the dark times. What, what movies did we have? We had Star Wars 77 through... Uh, 84. And we had Superman. And that was it. Until 1989 with Tim Burton's Batman. And, you know, the Superman movies, I mean, three and four almost killed comic book movies completely. Thank God Tim Burton was able to keep the, the boat afloat. But after Batman and Robin in, what was that, 97? We didn't have anything until for three years. Three years, there was nothing. And that's when we got, you know, Star Wars, the prequels, The Phantom Menace. There were, before Batman 1989, if you had told me, well, no, I'm going to take that back. In the early 2000s, if you had told me that today we would have five or six superhero movies coming out in one year, I would have looked at you and said, you're crazy. That, that, that was just unheard of. That was, a, that was a fanboy's wet dream. And we have been living in a golden age and we have become so spoiled. And when you become spoiled, you get critical and you get jaded. And there's a part of me, because I love all of the content coming out. I love the movies. I love the comics. I love the TV shows. I love it all. But there's a part of me that wishes that Disney and Warner Brothers and Lucasfilm would just stop. Just shut down for 10 years. Don't produce anything in genre fair for the next 10 years. Make fans remember what it was like to have nothing. Make fandom thirsty again. That might quell some of this toxicity in fandom. And Dave Mattingly says, I didn't have to wait for Batman 89. I still had Adam West. Well, exactly. And that brings me to another point. So 
there's a fourth thing going on here, and it's the old man syndrome. Get off my front lawn! Um, I see a lot of guys my age. They crap on anything that's new just because it's new. Just because something is contemporary or new or innovative doesn't make it bad, guys. It doesn't make it bad if it's new. Are there some new product properties that I'm like, eh, eh, the aforementioned Deadpool? Not a fan. But does that mean that everything that came out 50, 60 years ago is superior? No. No. There are some things that I love, I mean, from my childhood, that I love more than anything coming out today. Look, I I just went and saw Godzilla Minus One. Phenomenal film. Best Godzilla movie ever made. My favorite movie is this year. But my sentimental favorite is still going to be Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. Is it as good as Minus One? No. Is it even a good film in comparison? No. It's a horrible schlocky film. But I loved it as a kid. I love it today. It's like wrapping yourself up in a warm, you know, your old blanket, that that warm old blanket. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't say, oh, I don't want the new blanket because I have this blanket. Why can't you have both? Why can't you have both? And Dave Mattingly says, even after Avengers in 2012 came out, if you told me we'd see Spider-Man holding the Infinity Gauntlet while riding a Pegasus with Valkyrie, I'd slap your face. Well, I wouldn't really slap your face. But you guys get the idea. And Willow Schuyler says, yes. We all have a favorite terrible film. Absolutely, we do. Absolutely, we do. And look, I will defend Destroy All Monsters to my dying day. I will defend Masters of the Universe. That movie is awful. But Frank Lang, Frank Langella as Skeletor is pure gold. He makes that movie good. And I could watch him play that roll all day long. So, you know, my thing is, even movies that I don't like, or TV shows, or comics, or whatever, cartoons, things that I don't like, I always see, I always try to find something I do like. Like, for example, I, I gave it earlier with G.I. Joe. Uh, it's actually 301, but it's issue one of the new era. Even though I didn't like the writing and the story, I love the artwork. The artwork was gorgeous. And I, I would love to see more. This is Chris Mooneyham, I believe. Yeah, Chris Mooneyham, who also did um, Five Ghosts. What an amazing book that was. Um, so, you know, I find stuff that I can love and even things that I don't really care for. And I think we've, maybe we've lost the art of the nuance. Because things are not black and white. 
they are not one way or they are not binary to uh, wrangle some people's feathers there. Um, there. There's no good or bad. There's just personal tastes. And, you know, there, there are movies that friends recommend to me that I'll watch based only on their recommendation. And then I'm like, mm. well, except for Condor Man. There's no redeeming that movie. But I digress. Um, I know what they were going for there. It was, it was Disney's attempt to come out of their dark times. Neither here nor there. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to have this really honest, upfront discussion with my feelings because I feel like there are some, and there's some of you watching right now. You are the people I am talking about. You are ruining fandom. You're ruining it for everybody else. Yeah, Dave, I did not like the return of Captain Invincible. Now, in all fairness, I did not watch it all the way through. I got maybe 45 minutes into it, and I was like, all right, that's all I can do. But you know what? I didn't like, I didn't like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou the first time I watched it either. So I watched it again because everyone I trusted loved it. And the second time I was like, hmm, maybe there's something here. Then I watched it again. And the third time I was like, okay, this is, this is Homer's Odyssey. I love this. And then by the fourth time I was like, this is, this is genius. This is brilliant. Same thing with Inglorious Bastards. I hated that movie the first time. By the fourth time, I thought it was great. Napoleon Dynamite, same thing. And um, so, you know, I, I didn't like Captain Invincible the first time I watched it. Will I watch it again? Yes. So Carl Witzman says, good show, must go, but good job. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for joining me. And uh, Robert Seth Goodyear says, oh, I loved that movie. And, and the song in it is amazing. Willow Schuyler says, I find that the bitching from certain directors and even some actors on the superhero movies is coming out of jealousy. Absolutely. They haven't been asked to direct or star in these movies, or they are taking out their aggression on Marvel and DC. Well, the, the jealousy is real. When you have comic book movies doing a billion dollars and your art film you know, barely squeaks by and loses money, it's easy to get frustrated that your art is not appreciated as much as the popcorn and, and, and cotton candy. And Dave Mattingly says, if nothing else, check YouTube for the songs, Mr. Evil Midnight, Name Your Poison from the film. Oh, I will. I'm going to watch it again. Um, and... Dave says, despite my early recommendation of Captain Invincible, I really do think you'll love The Wizard of Speed and Time about an indie filmmaker taking on Hollywood. So I watched the trailer, Dave, and I think you're right. I loved what I see from that trailer. So I will check that out. I will always take your recommendations. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to say 
oh, what a crappy piece of schlock. I might say that privately, but publicly, I'm not going to say that because there's someone out there who loves that. And, you know, telling someone that I didn't like it and here's why is different from trashing it and, you know, making you feel awful for loving it. That's just, that's just, we've got to get past ourselves. We got to get over ourselves. We got to ditch. And look, I'm going to start calling out the um, misogynistic people, the, the toxic people on Facebook. Um, some of you know who you are. Anytime I post something positive about an IP, you have to post something negative in response. And, and you're stuck. You're stuck in 1954 or 1972. But, you know, and Robert Seth Goodyear says, I really enjoyed The Flash. I didn't. But, and, and he says, I'm a Zack Snyder fan. Well, Zack Snyder didn't do The Flash, but it's based on his characters. So you're going to love Rebel Moon. Zack Snyder, for me, is a director who's kind of hit and miss. I loved Sucker Punch. I'm not a fan of his DC Universe stuff. But I have a feeling Rebel Moon is going to be really great. But anyway, I've rambled on for too long. I just wanted to share my thoughts. I, You know, especially around the Marvels, I, I, I feel so... I'm so conflicted. I'm so angry, actually, that it got review bombed by people who didn't see it. And it's still getting trashed by people who didn't see it. I agree with Stephen King. This profound glee in its failure is very distasteful. It reveals so much about you as a person. And, you know, you're not a simp because you liked Barbie or the Marvels. You know, I have a daughter, and some of these movies are made for her. And I'm going to go and watch them with her, and I'm going to appreciate them for the for what they give to her, what they provide to her. And I'm going to rejoice in that, and I'm going to ask Hollywood to make more and more and more for her. Not for me, for her. You know, Blue Beetle first Hispanic superhero on the big screen. Should that have driven the story? No. But is that important to, you know, people in that community? Yes. Look, representation does matter. And reflecting the real world outside our window matters. By, um, by the end of the, uh, by the end of the decade, um, just so that you know, white men will be in the minority in America. It's just a reality. It's nothing to be fight against or be afraid of. It's just the way evolution and uh, adaptation is happening. It's okay. Because you can't create a work of art with a box of white crayons. You got to have all 64 colors. Willow says, I wish Hollywood would have taken Penny Marshall more seriously as a director and allowed her to make more movies. 
I thought they took her pretty seriously. She directed Beaches. That's one of the most, not Beaches. Um, maybe she did direct Beaches. And uh, Prince of Tides. Those were, those were big. And A League of Their Own, directed by Penny Marshall. Amazing movie. She made amazing movies. Um, but anyway, um, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't kneel at the hem of certain directors. There are some directors that I tend to like their work more than others. But at the end of the day, I'm all about the characters and the stories. If you can tell me a good story with those characters, I don't care who the characters are. I really don't. Um, well, yeah, no, I don't care. Look, I wasn't a fan of Lord of the Rings. Just the pacing and I didn't find the characters likable. But people who love Lord of the Rings love those movies and love Peter Jackson for them. However, I did love Peter Jackson's King Kong. I think it's the superior King Kong movie. But there are people who hate it. That's okay. That's okay. If you hate something, just have a reason for it. That's all I ask. A, a, a logical reason. Not an emotional, fear-based reason. And not some entitled sense of, or, or spoiled sense of entitlement. And not this, you know, false sense of ownership. Anyway, and like Robert Seth Goodyear says, I loved certain things in Lord of the Rings, but not the whole. Yeah, yeah there are things to love in everything. But uh, anyway, that's all I have to say tonight. That's all I wanted to share with you. Just I had to get this off my chest because I hate that our, our communities are, are just cannibalizing themselves. We're turning turning against each other, excuse me. And Dave Mattingly says, it's hard for me to dislike a movie from Sam Raimi, John Carpenter, or Tim Burton, but no one hits 100% every time. Exactly, exactly. Well, guys and gals, that's it for this edition of Monday Night Bites. If you like this, um, then uh, consider becoming a sponsor, a patron at patreon.com slash podcast down below. Your contributions will help make these a reality on a more regular basis. And until the next time, make sure you share this with two, 300 of your closest friends and family. Love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the back of the cereal box. Good night.